You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grammar Girl here, I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. Writing, history, rules, and cool stuff. Today, I have a segment about why you might hear a country referred to as both Ukraine and the Ukraine. Another segment about idioms from the theater in honor of the Tony Awards and a familect story. Ukraine has been in the news a lot lately, but if you're a bit on the older side, you may remember that it used to be more common to call it the Ukraine, with that article in front, the Ukraine. Have you ever wondered why some countries have the in the name and others don't? Why is it the Philippines, but simply Greece? Why is it the Netherlands, but simply India? Is it really so simple that we just don't add the definite article the to Greece and India? Most countries don't take a definite article, of course, and it sounds ridiculous when you add one to them. The France, the Greece, the India. It sounds silly. But there are a handful of countries that do take definite articles, and there are two main patterns. First, it seems that many countries whose names derive from important geographical features take a definite article. For example, the Philippines refers to the Philippine Islands, the Gambia refers to the Gambia River, and the Netherlands literally means the lowlands. For comparison, think about the names of geographical regions, such as the Amazon and the Sahara. Second, we have the United States of America and the United Kingdom, both of which take a definite article because the country's names describe their political organization. This becomes clearer when you consider similar formations in many countries' official names, such as the Republic of China, another name for Taiwan, or the Russian Federation, or the United Mexican States. For most countries' names in English, the presence or lack of a definite article is settled. But with a few countries, there's still a debate about whether to use the. And that takes us back to Ukraine. Both the Ukraine and Ukraine have been used in English. But Ukraine alone has been becoming more common. And Ukraine alone is AP style. So that's what you'll see and hear in most news stories today. It's common to hear that the name comes from the word Ukrainia, which means borderland. Based on this etymology, the geographical feature rule we talked about could explain the presence of the definite article in the Ukraine. 
but there's still some level of uncertainty about Ukraine's etymology. Some people believe it to be just an ancient name for the Ukrainian people, and some people have other ideas, so that rule doesn't seem very persuasive here. The geographic rule for definite articles only seems to be useful when the country's name is obviously referring to a geographical feature. We don't use definite articles with countries whose names now have tenuous connections to geographical features, like India, whose name originally came from the Indus River, or Indonesia, which derives from the Greek words for Indian islands. And the use of the Ukraine stirs up intense passion among Ukrainians. Some argue that the systematic use of the Ukraine, especially before its independence from the USSR, was used by English-language authors and journalists to subjugate the people and nation of Ukraine by demoting it to a mere region, a mere feature of the larger USSR. A similar issue has raised hackles in the Ukrainian language itself. The use of the preposition na, meaning on, before Ukraine, has been scrapped, for V, meaning in, within Ukraine. According to an article on a Russian website, the Ukrainian government requested the change in 1993. Russian prescriptivists quoted in the article continued to demand na based on tradition, though. They said, quote, literary norms cannot change overnight because of any political process, unquote. Today, many newspaper and magazine style guides, including those from The Economist and the Associated Press, explicitly recommend the use of Ukraine rather than the Ukraine. A Google Ngram search can tell us the frequency of the phrases in Ukraine and in the Ukraine over the last 50 years in books, and there's a definite shift around 1993 from the Ukraine to Ukraine alone, soon after Ukrainian independence and the same year that the Ukrainian government requested the preposition shift from on to in. Based on Stagod recommendations and searches, it's best to use simply Ukraine without the definite article. Next, what about the Democratic Republic of the Congo? Congo's name refers to the Congo River, which itself refers to the pre-colonial Congo Kingdom. Some sources use the Congo, whereas others use Congo alone. The official name of Congo uses a definite article, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, similar to other definite articled nations like the Republic of the Gambia, the Gambia, and unlike nations such as the Republic of South Africa, merely South Africa. Google Ngram graphs show that the Congo is significantly more popular in published books. However, anecdotally, people who've traveled to the region call it Congo, and news outlets such as CNN and the Associated Press use simply Congo. It's possible the continued popularity of the phrase the Congo is due to the recurrence of the imagery of the Congo rainforest, a geographical feature, over references to the actual nation. We don't have a clear answer for this one, but if you're following AP style, use simply Congo. Finally, it's worth noting that some languages draw a bright line. French, for example, tax on a definite article to all non-neuter gender countries. Even though the France, the Greece, and the India might sound strange to us, la France, la Grasse, and l'Inde are par for the course in France. 
The authorship on that segment is a little odd. It's based on a piece written by Sandeep Prasanna in 2012. However, it needed updating and Sandeep wasn't available to do it, so he gave me permission to rework it, and that's the version you just heard today. The Tony Awards are coming up this Sunday. That's the annual ceremony that recognizes excellence in live Broadway theater. Last year, the winning play was Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. The winning musical was The Band's Visit. With that in mind, today we're going to talk about a few idioms that have their origin in the theater. Let's start with one that many of us experience, stage fright. You all know what that means. It's the nervous feeling we get when we have to perform in front of an audience. But the term was first used by Mark Twain in The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Tom stands up in front of his schoolmates and their parents to recite Patrick Henry's Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death speech. He starts off strong and then completely breaks down, eventually leaving the stage. Does that sound familiar to anyone? You might be especially prone to stage fright if you were presenting after someone who's, quote, a hard act to follow. That phrase can be traced back to 1937. It refers to a person or thing that's so impressive they would be difficult to rival or surpass. Imagine coming on the stage after Beyonce or the Rolling Stones, for example. There's a reason performers like that have opening acts, not closing acts. It's because they'd be a really hard act to follow. This expression is also seen as a tough act to follow. Either is considered correct. A phrase that's related to this is to upstage someone. That means to outshine them or to make yourself look good at their expense. This expression alludes to an actor moving toward the rear of the stage. This movement would force the other actors to turn their backs to the audience to see him. So the actor who upstaged the others would be the only one facing the audience. This sounds a bit backward, so let me explain. In theater terms, upstage refers to the rear of the stage, the part farthest away from the audience. Downstage is the front of the stage, the part closest to the audience. And of course, there's center stage, smack dab in the middle. Each of those three areas is further divided into three chunks. Stage left, which is to the left side of the performers, but to the right of the audience. Stage center and stage right. That's where the expression exit stage left comes from. This is a basic direction that would be given to performers when a script calls for them to leave the stage. This expression has a figurative meaning, too. It refers to someone leaving a situation in an uneventful or non-dramatic way. By the way, the first known use of the word exit is in a script. It shows up in a 1548 play called A Comedy Concerning the Laws of Nature, Moses, and Christ. It appears in an even earlier play from 1500 in a slightly different form, exiat, spelled E-X-I-A-T. Both versions come from the classical Latin word exire, meaning to go out. That word, in turn, comes from putting together two other Latin words, the prefix ex, meaning out or forth, and the verb ire, meaning to go. Finally, I'll tell you very quietly about a stage whisper, a whisper that's loud enough to be overheard. This kind of whisper could be deliberate. Imagine whispering, great work, to a student who's just given a science fair presentation. 
It could also be accidental. Imagine a child loudly whispering, Mommy, I need to go potty, in the middle of church. This expression alludes to an actor's whisper on the stage, which is meant to be overheard. The first use of this phrase appears in an 1864 review of Shakespeare's play Cymbeline. A critical scene in the play depicts Iacomo, a Roman lord, sneaking into the bedroom of the sleeping maiden Imogen to steal her bracelet. He pauses during the theft to reflect on her beauty. Anyway, the review absolutely destroys the author playing Iacomo because of his super loud stage whisper. The reviewer writes that his, quote, tongue is too loosely hung, unquote, and that he makes, quote, enough noise to wake 50 Imogens, unquote, barely keeping his, quote, hissing and breathing below the standard of an engine blowing off its steam, unquote. Ouch. There are so many other idioms that derive from the stage, from curtain calls to stealing the spotlight to being in the limelight. We'll talk about those another day. For now, we will simply exit this segment, stage left. That segment was written by Samantha Enslin, who runs Dragonfly Editorial. You can find her at dragonflyeditorial.com or on Twitter as dragonflyedit. Finally, here's a familect story for the summer season. Hey there, this is Seamus, and I had a story about the word progress. When my youngest brother was a kid, my dad was regrowing our lawn, and we always talked about the progress, and he was about two, and so he knew we were talking about grass, and so he combined it with the word progress, and we came up with progress, and he'd ask, how's the progress going, or lots of progress today, and uh, that word is alive and well in our family. Lots of fun. Thanks, and remember, if you want to hear your Familect story on the show, leave a voicemail message at 83-321-4-GIRL. I'm Mignon Fogarty, Grammar Girl and author of the New York Times bestseller, Grammar Girl's Quick and Dirty Tips for Better Writing. And thanks to my audio producer, Nathan Sims. This show is part of the Quick and Dirty Tips podcast network, and you can find articles that go with each episode at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all. Thanks for listening. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.